Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Hello, friends. How's everybody doing today? Hope everyone's doing well. I myself am doing, whoa, that's really bright. Very fantastically. Doing some, uh, like midday, this is a midday stream, so I'm kind of, kind of winging it. Not really, not really going crazy with this one. Not taking a lot of time in this one. So we're going to do a short kind of 10, 20 minutes on basically some Elon Musk news. Uh, some NASA news. Atlantic Inso, thank you for being uh, for being passionate about the show. <laughs> Come on, man! Come on, get this show going, right? Yeah, exactly. So this is the deal, right? Elon Musk tweeted the other day. He tweeted, "Nuke Mars." Okay, that's what we're going to be talking about. We're talking about a little bit of Elon Musk stuff. Thank you for those hearts. Um, so before I get really started on this, I just want to say, like, I'm trying out this new camera system, trying out some new stuff. So if it's a little bit wonky, if it's a little bit weird, you know, just let me know. Just let me know because I am in the process of getting some stuff together with the show. So thank you all for hanging out and making this all possible. Like, without you guys, I wouldn't be doing this. I'd still be doing it, but I wouldn't be doing it to the extent that I do it. I upload probably once or twice a day on YouTube. I do one or two quick podcasts on any podcast platform that you get your podcast from, and I do this show. So without you guys, I'd be nothing. I wouldn't be doing as much. So thank you. Um, so let's go back to Nuke Mars. Let's go back to Nuke Mars. Let's take a look what Elon Musk said the other day check this out so elon musk said nuke mars exclamation point right right there then he goes on to say t-shirt soon he fancy a hot date fourth from our star uh trust me it'll be hot not saying it solves everything mind you but it's a step in the right direction and then question from nevad ram if we were to nuke the poles of Mars, like you suggest, how long would it take it to turn into an Earth-like planet? Elon says, aspirationally, decades. So, basically what Elon Musk wants to do, it he's been wanting to do this since like 2015, right? So he's been wanting to nuke Mars since 2015. It's one of those things where it's a weird situation, right? You can't really build a nuke and send it from the earth to Mars right now. You just can't, they're not going to allow it. We can barely get funding for the things that we need to get done right in space. 
So there's some things that Elon Musk would have to do in order to get this done. One, he'd have to be able to make nuclear weapons off planet. Right. And we're going to have to have regulations for that. Right. So we're going to need regulations for uh, building these kind of weapons off planet because it's a weapon. It's literally a weapon. It's going to change the face of another planet. So these regulations, well, they're, it's going to be weird because it's not on Earth. You know, there are regulatory bodies about, um, you know, laws that happen off our planet already. So those things have to come into play before Elon Musk can get his way and nuke Mars. Basically what he's going to be doing, nuking the poles of Mars. Right, right now, Mars for us doesn't really do much. We can't live there. We can barely work there. We haven't even sent a person there. So if you nuke the poles, basically it releases uh, carbon dioxide, oxygen, um, you know, H2O also, hydrogen into the atmosphere of Mars, which if all goes well and you need a lot of nuclear bombs, I'm not exactly sure how many nuclear bombs you're going to need to do this, but it's going to be a lot like thousands of nuclear bombs to destroy the poles of Mars, right? And according to Elon Musk, he says it's going to take decades, you know, at the best. Uh, or, sorry, uh, less than a century. That's what he wants. Less than a century. He says aspirationally decades, meaning less than a century, but this would be pretty intense. Yeah, we're going to bomb a whole planet, right? Would you... Is that an okay thing to do? Right? Can you bomb a whole planet? You know, you're going to bomb the poles of Mars, dude. Elon Musk, you're crazy in the good way. Please, please do this. I want people to be living on Mars. I think it would be really cool. But is it okay to do that? Are we allowed to do that? Are we allowed to explore and exploit other planets for our own good, right? Like, that's weird. I think it's a weird situation. I feel like Elon has the best intentions, though. Right? So he wants to send something to Mars. That's his whole thing with SpaceX. He wanted to send something living to Mars, right? He wanted to send a, a plant to Mars and watch it grow or you know, watch it die, either one. Uh, but basically, with his idea of SpaceX was, hey, I want to send a plant to Mars. That was it. Like, that's why, that's his inspiration. So, if he can do that with Starship, that's going to be a thing. Like, Starship is going to be a thing. And it's going to be happening in the next, I don't know, next Starship. The prototypes are there. They're going to be launching them, hopefully, by the end of this year. I mean, it's August, so... September, October, November, December, four months, Starship. It wants to give it, get it orbital. That's crazy. Atlantic. Oh, you can't trust him. Oh man. Tell me why. I think, I think he has all the best intentions, but he has such a broader understanding of a lot of things than I do. And most people do. And he also has a big outlook for things right like my outlook is 
oh, how am I going to make enough money to keep my podcast going? You know, and like, who am I going to talk to, you know, to keep my business going, et cetera. You know, that's my thing. Like, that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> most people, like most normal people think about like, oh, how am I going to keep money coming in? How am I going to pay the rent? How am I going to, how am I going to get enough food to eat? You know, Elon Musk is thinking, well, I have this rocket company now. And they have these gigantic rockets and all these gigantic rockets will eventually be able to send things to Mars. So let's send nukes, right? That's what he wants to do. He wants to send nukes, but you can't, you literally can't make a nuclear bomb on the earth, right? You can't like, unless you're a, a state, you know, unless you're a country, you can't do that. So, Elon Musk himself and SpaceX cannot make a nuclear weapon to send to Mars. He's going to need hundreds of them too. Maybe thousands to do this. So the only way to do it is to work on asteroid mining. That's another thing that is possible in the near future, you know, the next couple decades. Asteroid mining to get the materials that you need to make those things that are going to terraform Mars. That's crazy, though. Let's think about how effing crazy that is. If you, just think about that. Terraforming a planet. We can barely take care of ourselves on Earth. We can barely... We, we fight all the time. We're still silly apes running around with guns. You know? We can't get it together here. Um, I understand where he's coming from, but there's a lot of things that need to be done here in order to um, make sure that humanity survives here. This is our planet. Like, this is where we live. This is what we were born into, and we got to take care of it. Um, so the fact that, like, he's thinking about making another planet habitable is pretty cool like that's a cool idea but i think we have a long way to go before that happens right i think there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done um we need to actually know how to live on other worlds say the moon and mars you know in habitats in um little you know houses that we build there but uh nuking the nuking the poles of those planets he wants you to basically be able to have a respirator and that's it like, you don't need a spacesuit to walk around on Mars after all this is done. But there's going to be nuclear fallout for, what, like centuries probably? With that many nukes? Like, yeah, what's the, what's the overall catastrophe here? Uh, he's currently experimenting something that will eventually end up in an environmental catastrophe. Um, it's the most dangerous experiment going in history. What's this experiment, Atlantic? I'd like to know about that. Um, now, if... So the, there's going to be, there has to be laws, you know, like we're human beings. We always have to have a set of laws that we go by, right? There's got to be a set of rules that are set up and it's like, it doesn't matter where you're living, right? You're still a human being and you still have to follow the rules. But say if, say if I have a rocket company per se, Okay, a rocket company, and I can just go like, 
hey, I need to launch myself to Mars. You get the okay from the government bodies to launch yourself to Mars. You fly to Mars. It might take a little while. Okay, half a year, whatever. Um, now, do you own Mars? Who's going to tell you that you don't own Mars? Who's going to come up there and kick you off? Nobody. So you basically own Mars at that point. You don't actually own it, own it, because you can't really own a planet. But who's going to tell you no? What's going to happen? Nothing's going to happen as long as you can make it sustainable for yourself. So I think that's the, the crux of the situation. What if, you know, what if this were to happen? What if Elon Musk were to spend his bazillions of dollars on making uh, Mars habitable and making life multiplanetary like he's wanted to do for a very long time? I've had podcasts about it. I've had YouTube videos about it. There's a lot of evidence that it could be possible, right? We could live on Mars. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. And when I get back, we're going to have some more space news. It's just science. It's facts. It's engineering. There are some things that have been happening lately with engineering and building habitats, 3D printing them, that are very important to the next phase of us going to Mars. And to the moon, of course. And to the moon, going back to that, NASA has been building um, their Artemis program up, right? And Huntsville, Alabama just got the go-ahead to host the, uh, let's see, here we go. Uh Huntsville, Alabama is going to be working on propulsion for the next moon missions, the Artemis missions. So it's a, it's a weird thing because Elon Musk wants to do his own moon mission in the next couple of years, two to four years ish. NASA wants to be back to the moon in five. And if they're going to be competing, you know, NASA said, okay, it's cool. You guys can do that. And we'll help you if you have the right stuff. Um, but is it going to be one of those situations where, you know, it, once Elon and his company gets a little bit of power, you know, what happens at that point? You know, what happens when Elon and SpaceX have enough power to go to another planet? Is it you know, like another world, I should say, because the moon isn't a planet, but it's another world. They get to go off world and live and work on the moon before a government body does. Is that like the Wild West? You know, is it just like you stake your claim and that's your thing? Can Elon Musk and SpaceX just kind of live, you know, send people to live on the moon, send people to live on Mars? I'm sure they can. I'm sure they can. They will get, you know, they'll have the funding. They'll have the money. Once they get uh, Starlink up and running, 100%, they're going to have billions of dollars. That's going to bring them in billions of dollars every year. And it's global internet, by the way. If you don't know what this is, it's a satellite global internet. It's going to be providing internet to um, people 
on the outskirts, basically. Not in the cities, anything like that. There's too much interference. On the outskirts, rural, very rural areas, we'll be able to get the internet, right? And then, you know, Starlink, you sign up for it, whatever. It's like a monthly fee. It's sort of like Comcast or whatever, you know, the same thing like Verizon or whatever. Same thing. You pay your 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month or whatever it is to have your, um, have your internet hooked up. And then there goes a billion dollars for Elon Musk and SpaceX. So they can fund Starship at that point. They had to have a different business model because NASA pays for rocket launches, but it's extremely cheap for SpaceX to launch a rocket. The uh, latest, let's see here. Let's, let's take a look real quick. I'm going to make sure that I don't butcher this because, uh, let's see, the small sat rideshare program. Check this thing out. This is cool. Let me switch this over for you guys. This is really cool. So the small shat, small shat, small sat rideshare program. You send CubeSats, you send small satellites, small experiments into space, right? $2.25 million per launch. Their closest competitor is about $5 million. They've undercut them a lot. They're half the price. They're less than half the price of their closest competitor. That's a way for them to make some money, right? So they have these Falcon rockets and they can just load them up with a bunch of small sats. And Falcon 9 is very reliable. This rocket right here is very reliable. Pricing. 15 inch port, 2.25 million. 24 inch port, 4.5 million. So even in the L12, area 4.5 million is still cheaper than their closest competitor 15 inch port in the l12 to l6 range 3 million that's still cheaper and 24 inch port l12 to l6 6 million only a million dollars more so i'm saying only a million dollars because that's like that's chump change to the space industry right chump change to the space industry so they're going to be making a bunch of money from this right Going to cost 2.25 million uh, to launch a small sat. Well, let's see how much it costs to launch. Uh, how much does it cost? I don't have a Jamie here, so I can't have him pull it up for me. Cost to launch a Falcon 9. You know, and I'm just doing this kind of off the cuff. So uh, SpaceX says that it costs $62 million every time it's Falcon 9 is launched while the most powerful Falcon Heavy costs 90 million per launch. Now, Starship is supposed to cost less than 62 million. Less than 60 million. So less than their Falcon 9 rocket. I wanna make sure I get the numbers right. The BFR. It's gonna cost 5 billion to make this thing and apparently 
there's some information out there, some documentation out there of how much it's going to cost. But it should cost less than a Falcon 9 launch. And it's going to be bigger than NASA's SLS rocket. So here's a Business Insider article, so you can kind of see the uh, kind of see the sizes here. Zoom this in for you. Oops. Am I going to zoom in? Okay, that's cool. There we go. Let's zoom in a little bit. So if you can see that, there we go. Right there. Five foot nine. That's about my size. At five eight. Starhopper, sixty feet tall. Starship Mark One, 180 feet tall. They're working on the Starship Mark One right now. That's the stuff that they're working on, and they're gonna actually launch a Starhopper today. The untethered final test of the Starhopper is today at some point. We're not sure when they're gonna be launching it, but when they do, I'll make sure to have it on this feed. Um in Starship. 387 feet. Saturn V rocket, 363. That's the rocket that took us to the moon. It took human beings to the moon. SLS Block 1B, six, or 364 feet. That is the next rocket that NASA will be sending to the moon. So the SLS is hampered by red tape. You know, I'm a huge fan of NASA. Huge, huge fan of NASA. What they have going for them are some of the smartest people ever, right? Some of the smartest engineers, scientists, etc. What they don't have going for them is they have to work within the confines of politics. Spaceships like the SLS, they're huge. They take billions of dollars to complete. And they're not just built by NASA, right? They're built by they're built by a bunch of different companies, right? Every part is built by usually not every part, but a lot of the parts are built by different organizations, different parts of NASA. And SpaceX, they can build Starship and they can do whatever they want to with Starship. You know, they can build at their pace. As long as they have the money and the people to do it, they're just going to build that freaking thing. Then they're going to launch it whenever they can. Thank you for all those hearts, by the way. Um, also, if you don't follow the show, make sure to follow the show because I do this a lot. And I have uh, I've been working on getting to the gold tier. Let me check this out real quick. The gold tier is, I don't even know what this is. <laughs> I don't know how much it takes, but I'm a silver right now on uh periscope so a gold tier gold tier i need to get 2000 total live viewers per broadcast it's going to take a little while but we made it to silver really quick so i'm pretty stoked that we got this far and it's all because of you guys so that's uh that's that with those things but let me go back to this rocket real quick right 387 feet it's huge 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 Ooh, that went way big. There we go. Big, big rocket, right? So Saturn V sent human beings to the moon. Biggest rocket ever, right? 363 feet. SLS Block 1B, 
364 feet, one foot taller. They couldn't go back to 363 feet. They had to build it one foot taller. SpaceX's rocket, 387. It's huge. Now, the difference between the Saturn V and the SLS. Saturn V wasn't built to send things into the solar system. SLS is built to send things to the moon, to Mars, as far away as we can get them, right? Starship, same thing. Starship is supposed to be able to send things to Mars, send things to the moon, send people. It's going to be person rated, human rated. So Starship is going to be able to send human beings human beings to Mars. Let me get this real quick for you. Let's see what multi-planetary life. So this is the thing. Let me, let me go back to this too, real quick. Making life interplanetary or multi-planetary. So this is SpaceX's mission. Private lunar mission. They're sending, um, yes, uh, I don't know how to say his name. Yusaku Mazawa. There we go. I think I got that. I'm sorry if I butchered your name, dude. Um, they're sending him around the moon, right? This is his, this is his path. He's going from the earth, swing, flinging around the moon and then coming back and landing in a starship or with a starship, right? So let's zoom in a little bit on that. There we go. So he's going to be launching a human being, a whole bunch of human beings, actually, from the Earth to orbit around the moon. They're going to go around the moon. They're going to come back and land where they started. How crazy is that, dude? And they can build that on their own because they don't have those constraints. They don't have those political constraints that NASA does. You can come up with any crazy idea you want if you're a rocket company with a bunch of money and a, a guy that's, you know, that has these broad visions of the future, right? So here's what's going to happen. It's going to launch a booster separation, park orbit insertion, translunar injection, begin lunar flyby, paraloon, earthrise, end lunar flyby, Entry interface, that's number nine. That's right over here. And then reverse thrusters, number 10. So basically you turn around. So you're flying in nose first, right? You turn around, reverse thrusters, land on Earth in the rocket that you left with. And not only do you land back on Earth, but you get this perspective that only a few people have ever had. Michael Collins was the first one. Michael Collins, who, I don't know how, but Michael Collins followed me on Instagram the other day, and I freaked out. Michael Collins, the astronaut, the NASA astronaut, followed me on Instagram. I don't know why. I'm just a dude. Um, Space News Pod, the number one after that, if you want to follow. But... He's the, he was the furthest away. He's the loneliest person ever at that point. 
Now, these people, right? This mission, the private lunar mission, uh, Yusaku Mazawa, he has a bunch of friends that he wants to bring with him. He wants to bring artists, and he wants to bring people that will inspire generations after this mission. So instead of bringing a bunch of military guys or a bunch of astronauts, he's going to bring a bunch of artists, a bunch of musicians, philosophers, people who you wouldn't really think about doing a moon mission with. It's a whole different thing. But considering that NASA, NASA wouldn't do this. They would never. Like, why would they do that? That would be silly for NASA. Why would they... Why would they send artists around the moon when they could send scientists, right? Send scientists and send, um, you know, astronauts, send engineers, send people that'll do a, quote, mission. Yeah, well, you can do a mission all you want, but at the end of the day, you had to get that approved by Congress. You had to get that approved by the governmental body that, you're structured through, right? So NASA is a government agency, of course. So they have all of the constraints of a government agency. They have all the people. Let me see if I can get this centered for you guys. Um, they have all the people that are telling them no all the time. Like, no, we don't have the money for that. No, we're not going to launch an artist around the moon. No, you're stupid. Why would you send the bass player for Megadeth around the moon? You know, like they would be like, okay, no, you're not going to do that. But if the bass player for Megadeth was like, hey, dude, I want to buy a ticket in Starship to go around the moon with you guys. SpaceX would be like, sure, why not? Yeah, you're cool. All right. You got some money. Okay, well, we can fund this mission. Now, here's how you have to train to do that. Because, of course, they're going to be trained, right? They're going to be trained. They're not going to be just silly people flying around in a spaceship, they're going to be trained to do important things, right? They're going to be trained to actually go around the moon and have, um, you know, maybe a mission. Maybe there's going to be a mission. Maybe it's not just going to be artists flying around the flapping around the moon, you know? Maybe people are going to be doing some something scientific or maybe they're just going to be inspired then they can inspire millions of other people by doing this all right i'm going to take a quick break and when i get back we're going to have some more space news now the other thing is check this out so this is the rocket this starship so this thing right here this is the bfr right so that's the bfr that's a big falcon rocket that's Starship, the big spaceship-looking thing. That's Starship. The BFR launches Starship into orbit, goes back down to Earth, and lands. When it lands, it refuels and launches another Starship. So it can literally do this within 24 hours. So while Starship's in orbit refueling for its trip to Mars another bunch of passengers can be waiting on Earth, getting ready to go to Mars, and they launch into orbit a day later. And then the first 
bunch of people, right, that were on the first starship, hang out in orbit, and they wait for the second bunch of people in the next starship. And when they all get together, Elon Musk actually said this. He said that it's like Battlestar Galactica when you have, um, if, you've, if you've never seen that show, by the way, go watch the show. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's one of the best TV shows ever produced. Um, but not just because it's science fiction. I do like science fiction, but it's a human story, and the human story is absolutely riveting. So you can binge watch it for like three days. So anyway, he said it's going to be like Battlestar Galactica, where there's going to be a fleet of spaceships waiting in orbit. And then when they say go, all these spaceships turn towards Mars and launch themselves toward the red planet. How crazy is that? So that's Starship. That's where the people will be. All these windows, that's where people will be. That's the plan. Elon Musk wants to send people to Mars, wants to send people around moon. That's cool. Like that's what's, if this actually happens, right? So I'm, I'm a firm believer in things that will happen. I'm a firm believer that if you say you're going to do something and you have the means to do it, and if you're like Elon Musk and you have the money to do it and you have the people in your organization that will say, dude, we are going to follow you to the ends of the earth and then we're going to jump off the earth and go to Mars because it sounds crazy but awesome. Um, that's one of the kind of good things if you have your own giant rocket company. So multiplanetary. Okay, so this is the Starship. Starship and Super Heavy. Let me switch you guys over to this again. Starship and Super Heavy right here. The BFR. I'm going to play this for you. I'm not sure if it has audio or not. Let's find out. Nope. Okay. Forward payload section. Over 1,000 pressurized volume. M3, uh, M to the third. So... That's basically like, that's where the people live. That's where it's going to be pressurized. People can live there. People can hang out there on their trip to Mars. And if they're going to be flying to Mars and they have propellant. So the other plan is Starship will be able to refuel in orbit. So Starship will be able to go to Earth orbit. And while they wait for the other Starships... They'll be able to attach to a tanker and refuel Starship so they can launch it to, the, to Mars or to the moon or wherever their destination is. And that's going to be amazing because how many times have you thought, well, how, like, how long does it take to get to Mars, right? 500 days-ish, between three and 500 days. What if we could get there half the time because we can launch ourselves faster? Well, it really depends on where Mars is. You know, if it's close enough to us, if the orbits are right, then yes. Yes, that's the thing. 
Um, but the whole situation, the starship, is pretty interesting because it's going to be reusable as well. So these will also be able to come back down to Earth and land. They'll be refurbished like an airplane. Because think about how, how stupid regular rockets are. How stupid are regular rockets right now? You freaking launch a rocket to the moon, right? You launch a rocket to the moon and you, like, most of it burns up in the atmosphere and you lose it forever. You lost the moon rocket, dude. The rock, you know, or it goes into the ocean, right? It gets, like, smushed into the ocean and never gets recovered. There's a bunch of space junk in the ocean. Or it just orbits. It gets stuck in orbit. You know, there's some of that stuff, too. So that makes it dangerous for everything else in orbit. Satellites, etc. Could make a bunch of space junk and destroy a bunch of other people's stuff. So, the fact that this rocket right here, this rocket, which is human-capable, that's all reusable. This first piece, it pops off, right? It launches this. And they're both reusable. They can both land and be reused within 24 hours. And this ship right here, this starship, this will be launching as a test starship by the end of this year. Within two years, Elon Musk wants to send it to the moon. Within two years, we'll have a private company sending a gigantic rocket to the moon. That's crazy. That's absolutely insane. So yeah, that's the, that's the Starship. Look at this. Seven Raptor engines. AFT cargo. Actuated aft fins. Landing pads on each one of those. Okay, so this is insane. Like, could you imagine going to the airport, picking up a flight, right? New York to Vegas. All right, let's go have some fun. Let's go gambling. But, you know, at the end of your trip, when you land in Vegas, they destroy the, destroy the uh, airplane. <laughs> they have to build another one. How silly is that? Like, that doesn't make any sense. That's what rockets are like right now. And Elon Musk and SpaceX basically said, no, we're going to make it different. We're going to make it better. Because there's no reason why, um, why we can't reuse these things. So they land them vertically, of course. We've seen them all, the, the uh, Falcon 9 rockets. We've seen them all. And, um, yeah, that's the, that's the future, my friends. It's Elon Musk and SpaceX going to the moon and Mars within the next two to four years. Now, NASA says, eh, probably not. Their engineers are like, eh, not so much, Elon. We're not really gonna, we're not gonna believe in you until you prove us otherwise. So Elon Musk basically said, okay, we're gonna prove you otherwise. We're gonna prove you, prove to you that we can do this without you. We're going to do it mainly because he has a vision. And this vision is going to be fulfilled no matter what. No matter what NASA says, no matter what anybody says, the dude is rich. The dude is super powerful. He can do basically whatever he wants, wherever he wants to go. Like people are like, oh, it's Elon Musk. It's amazing. 
Like he's an amazing dude. Now check this out too. Here's another thing for you to check out. This is Elon Musk's rockets here. Okay, so Falcon 1. Really tiny. BFR has larger payload capacity than a Saturn V while being fully reusable. Saturn V is the moon rocket. The BFR, mind you, this thing on the far right, bigger than the Saturn V. Totally reusable. Now, watch this. Right, so this big rocket on the right, that's going to be sending human beings to the moon and Mars. Falcon Heavy, huge rocket. Delta IV Heavy is a huge rocket. Even the Falcon 9 right now is a huge rocket, and they can send a bunch of stuff into orbit with it. Saturn V, they sent dudes to the moon in that rocket. So due to full reusability, BFR provides lowest marginal cost per launch despite vastly higher capacity than existing vehicles. Watch where this thing goes. It was on the far right. It goes all the way to the left. It's cheaper overall to fly a BFR than a Falcon 1 rocket. The tiny, tiny Falcon 1. SpaceX almost went out of business at one point until until uh, NASA basically said like okay you get these launch contracts and it was like a, a couple months away from going out of business NASA said hey uh, we believe in you we're gonna give you these contracts his vision is from magic mushrooms <laughs> it's possible man you never know it's possible so Starship uses satellites space station missions interplanetary transport so this will be able to dock with a space station too, by the way. So this isn't, you know, like, um, we have the, the crew dragon right now, which is SpaceX's crew capsule, which they will hopefully be launching with people by the end of this year. November 15th is the tentative date. I plan on going to Florida for this launch. I plan on promoting this channel as much as I can to get some help to get to florida because it's expensive man like those kind of things are super expensive so if you want to see a launch from the perspective of somebody who is uh you know like yourselves interested in this kind of stuff you know just stay tuned and you know help out if you can but just just watching and listening is you know help enough so this thing can do everything it can launch satellites space station missions interplanetary transport missions to mars okay so this is a long presentation here. I can't really go into it. It's like an hour long. But basically, Elon eventually wants to colonize Mars. Oop, let's go back to this one. This is a video. Starts off with a landing pad. Starship lands. But eventually they build out a metropolis on the red planet. So there will be buildings you can live in. You know, Starship is right here where they landed the first time. They build landing pads, roads, etc. So there's going to be habitats, right? You build some habitats either on the surface of Mars or you bring them with you. You build the, you bring the supplies in your starship with some people, right? Because starship can hold stuff too. It's not just for people. It's to be able to hold cargo. It can hold things that you can build your 
freaking multi-planetary society with. So all of this, all of this right here, eventually could be brought to Mars via these Starship rockets. And also, when they, you know, get enough people up there, and they have enough resources available to them, they will be able to uh, build this stuff on Mars itself. Okay, so on Mars, on the red planet, they'll be able to build these structures. Something like, something like this. Right, something like this where they can build these structures near where they land. That's pretty insane. Thank you for those hearts. Then it'll become this. One rocket launch, or one rocket landing. They build out, and build out, and build out, and build out. Or they get the raw materials to send rockets back to Earth. That's very interesting. Now, the raw materials for rockets. Hydrogen. Right, hydrogen is rocket fuel. And if they can equip Starship with hydrogen boosters, they can get hydrogen from the water ice that's on the poles of Mars. They can extract H2O, water from these, uh, from these big deposits of water ice. And they're going to have to bring machinery to it, so that's why the moon missions are kind of important too, because they have to figure out how the heck to do that stuff before they launch these things to Mars. They can't just launch a rocket to Mars and be like, well, we're going to get there and then we're going to try to find a way back. They could bring enough rocket fuel to bring them back. I'm not exactly sure what Starship's capabilities are at this point as far as relaunching when it gets there. But they can use hydrogen out of the, uh, out of the water ice that's on Mars. That's what they plan on doing on the moon with the Artemis missions, which will be happening in five years. They want to do uh, the first woman and the next man back to the surface of the moon in five years. And what they're going to do in these missions is they're going to do exploration, of course, going to do science, but they're also going to start setting up habitats on the moon. Like, why haven't we done that yet? We were there in the 60s, right? We're there in the 60s and 70s. Why haven't we built even a little hut? Build a little hut. You know, pop a tent up there. But we didn't. We didn't do any of that stuff. So we, we just kind of left it, you know? There was no reason for us to go back to the moon because we weren't in a war anymore. We weren't in this cold war with Russia. So the fact that we want to do it now just for the sake of doing it, there's political reasons, of course, you know. There's also like, hey, let's have the biggest stick, you know. We have the high ground now. We have a base on the moon, a lunar base. So there's, you know, as far as military strategies, it's, you know, it's important to have the high ground. So that's how you sell it to Congress and you say, hey, we're going to need a moon base because, well, what if, you know, what if, what if Russia or what if China gets a moon base first? Then you scare people, right? Like that's the scare tactic. I've mentioned this a couple of times on my podcast and 
Uh, one guy actually unsubscribed because I mentioned it, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Trump wants to build a space force for some reason. He does, yeah. Well, it's not really building a space force, right? It's it's expanding the one that we already have, because the space force that we have now, it's not quite the space force. It's the air force, and you know, it's the military with that capability already. The Space Force is basically saying, well, we have the stuff already. Let's just make it its own branch. So it's like the Air Force. So the Air Force used to be the Army Air Force. And once the Air Force got too big or we realized that, oh, we need to actually work on this more than with the Army. It needs to be its own thing. Then we made it just the Air Force so it can get its own funding to the government. And it can do its own missions. It doesn't have to go through army stuff. So that's kind of what the Space Force is, too. It's like, well, we do these things already, right? We do most of these things already. We do surveillance. We do um, anti-terrorism, etc. through stuff in space. So the Space Force seems like the next logical step, right? You know, you make it its own thing. You give it its own funding. And it, um, you know, then... Like, do we have a war in space? I don't know. That's going to be crazy. What happens when, you know, what happens if we get into a battle, though? That's the thing. Like, what happens if World War III breaks out? And, you know, God forbid something like that happens. How do we protect ourselves? Um, every country has some sort of GPS, right? And they have telecommunications. They have satellite communications. If we were just to kind of like, you know, destroy the satellites for their communication systems, they have no way to communicate because everything's so technologically advanced. They can't just call somebody anymore because their cell phone service is gone. It's chaos and their military wouldn't be able to communicate. So that's what the Space Force is kind of for. There's a treaty kind of floating around there that says, you know, we're not gonna in, you know, do space war. Battlestar Galactica. Kinda. <laughs> yeah. Kinda. Kinda Battlestar Galactica. But we're not fighting Cylons at this point. We're just fighting each other still. Like stupid monkeys. You know? Like we're just dumb. We're just dumb idiots that like to fight. So instead of going like, hey, we have all the resources we could ever need to advance humanity to the next level. But what are we doing? Why are we fighting? JJ, <laughs> thanks for the comment about the hat, dude. Skateboarding is amazing, by the way. Chocolate skateboards. Been around forever. Long time skater. Long, long time skater. And headphones. Yeah, these things are huge, right? Need to get some different headphones, to be honest with you. I like them, but they're pretty freaking huge. I use them for gaming and uh, audio editing, so... They seem to be working, so I'm just going to keep them on. Um, but I appreciate it. Now, my friends, I have been at this for so long today. How long have I been doing this for? I don't even know. I don't even have a countdown timer on this thing. So I got to go and I got to eat some lunch. I'm freaking starving. So that is going to be the end for, of the show for today, my friends. But I want to say thank you to everybody who has been checking out the show. Make sure to follow the show, too. Like, get, do me a favor. Follow the show. 
Um, tell your friends about it. We, we're almost at 100 followers. I need four more followers to get to 100. I'm at 96. So make sure to hit that follow button and get us up to 100. We need 100 followers. I don't know why we need it, but it would be pretty cool. Cheers from England. Cheers from New York, man. Cheers from New York. Back to you. But yeah, we're, we're almost there. Almost 100. We need four more people. Just hit that follow button. Let's do it. Um, you can also check me out on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Space News Podcast. You can check out SpaceNewsPod.com for my short form everyday podcasts. Really fast. Five to ten minutes. You get all the Space News really quick in one of those shows. Um, also, SpaceNewsPodcast.com. It's a magazine that I do. Um, a news site and on Twitter at space news pod. There we go. Those are all my plugs. So thank you everybody for watching the show. Thank you for following. Thank you for all the help, all the donations on Patreon. Thank you for buying me coffees around along the, uh, along the trip here. This crazy trip. That's this podcast. Appreciate all of your help, but I will see you guys soon. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to spend it here with me and my name is will walden i'll see you soon have a good one guys hear that that's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.